Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Fine. I feel like I was just spying on you. Well, no, because it automatically let me join the meeting this for this one. I don't think you know what I'm talking about. What were you spying on me? <laughs> How You were up really late last night, weren't you? Oh, wait, because you could tell that I started the meeting earlier? <laughs> it always... It sends me a notification when, when a recording is finished. Oh, funny. <laughs> so I got an email this and I'm looking and I'm like, Hero Prince joined Carla Hall's meeting at 12.45 a.m. or 1 in the morning. <laughs> Last night, your recording is now finished processing. So I was like, oh, shit. What am I going to see here? I don't know if I really want to look at this recording. <laughs> well, the laptop was closed, though. <laughs> it's so, so I was kind of a brat. Instead of asking you, because to, to, um, because of your privacy, I just decided to look at the recording. It was 18 seconds, and it was just you sitting at the computer with your shirt off. Just... <laughs> I'm so thank thank you for not having something incriminating on that 18 seconds of footage. <laughs> Can you believe? As Jonathan Van Ness today. Can you believe? Can you believe? Right? Oh my god. Oh my god. Um so Can you yeah. save it. Please tell me you saved it. It's it's there somewhere. <laughs> I'll show it to you. But oh at my, at my wedding reception. Oh my god. What were you doing? How come you clicked on it so late at night? Well, I because I was just getting it ready for the morning in case I was like, okay, I'm gonna roll out of bed like 10 minutes before the podcast. I want to have everything ready to go. So, <laughs> so, but then when I clicked on it, it brought me to the meeting. I'm thinking, no, it should say waiting for hosts to start meeting. So that's why I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just gonna join the meeting. Okay, hopefully this doesn't screw up her interview. <laughs> interesting well that's i don't think that's happened before perhaps no so it could have just been when you created this created this meeting it might have had different um waiting room preferences weird anyway anyway that was that kind of made my morning so thank you you're so welcome i love laughing at myself so good thing you have a best Jewish best friend gay bestie slash I, future maid of honor i knew that oh what well, not, no, okay, no, 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 I'm just saying. No, I was more, okay, now I'm getting all excited. I was more like, you, what? You would ask? That <laughs> yeah, was. of course. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, we're too excited this morning, and it's like, it's earlier than we normally get up to and do our, do our, uh. I know, morning. I know, with good reason, though, because I gotta say, I feel like I'm a broken record. I just can't keep believing that the people that I could only imagine meeting one day, even if it's through this format, are actually interested and curious and actually want to speak with us. And this woman is Carla Hall. Like, pardon me. Um... <laughs> funny what is going on with us this morning it's called three days in a row and getting up two or two more mornings early in, in the exactly what's going on with us I know. You're perfect. You're perfect. we're now you know what though carla will love this introduction because she is exactly this kind of person free-spirited real quirky completely authentic true to who she is marches to the beat of her own drum and Carla is a phenomenal celebrity-known chef. I don't know if she's comfortable with being known as a celebrity, but she is a very well-known culinary professional. Also a recently former talk show host, one of the main hosts of ABC's The Chew, which yeah. um, finished last year. And... She also, what I knew her from, which I think a lot of people maybe in my generation found out about her from, maybe many, is from one of my favorite reality TV shows, Top Chef and Top Chef All-Stars. Yes, yes. And that's, and that's where I, I knew her from. But I do remember The Chew as well. Yes. Um, mind you, uh, my hubby and I have not had cable in like 
years and years and years, but uh, we we do watch a lot of stuff online. So did someone chew the cable? Someone chewed the cable. <laughs> it must have been really kosher for it to be that good. No, it was Adriano actually. <laughs> Slow clap. Wow. wow, wow. So yes, that is all of that in a nutshell is, I mean, she's, there's so much, so many like layers to this woman though, because so many I, layers model model. Yeah. And I was reading about how she actually went to um, France to, for some modeling things. And she ended up choosing getting more into food then, and then went to cooking school and stuff. And so she's kind of came into cooking through modeling, if I'm not mistaken. And then she used both of those backgrounds and her understanding of the entertainment industry and things like that to kind of bolster what her claim to presence was in the media. And then Top Chef, I mean, like, I mean, Top Chef is one of my favorite reality shows for sure. And Hell's Kitchen as well. Um, and yes, they're both food oriented. But when it comes to the way that she presents herself on the show, and I think I've talked about this a little bit. I know in reality TV show production, you can tell that some people might not always be represented as who they are, or they might be um, putting on an act. And like Christina, like Nick, like um, Jay Rodriguez, like uh, Scarlett Bobo or Maddie Cameron. Like, these are like, a few percentage of the people that actually represent themselves so authentically. And you know that what you're seeing is stuff that can't be made up or dramatized. She just yeah. came in, did her thing, did super well in both seasons, making it to like the finals in both seasons. And she is someone that is so freaking funny oh, and no. down to earth. I mean, I'm like, hey! I mean, like she's going to hear this and be like, Oh, good morning. It's, you know what? And, and I was, I've been following her Instagram as well. She's, she's just so full of, she's just joie de vivre. She's so, yes. and she does just things to me smile on your face like i was a live ig live and she was just dancing to music i love it i and, love it you know i want to ask her about i thought that long ago she made um donuts in a hotel room really like who does that who makes donuts while they're staying Car in a hotel room carla hall does <laughs> and she's got perfect repertoire skill sets especially when it comes to all the quick fire challenges the elimination challenges that are thrown at her and you know, being on other Food Network shows. So she also is a Food Network TV presenter um, and host of a few different, has been on a few different shows. She's also um, been such a successful parent, I can imagine, um, and wife and human being. And she also is very, very successful for basically just being a rock star woman. Like being, I mean, again, not. I think because of the, times you're in, you know, being a person of color is, and being a female is more important than ever to have a voice and to amplify and to stand up for the communities that I feel deserve to be represented equally or more than these majorities that are getting all the spotlight, which is fine. But these people need to have their voice heard. And there are people that are worthy that have so much knowledge to share with everybody in the world. And Carla is no exception. And she's so respected. And I love, I was, I was looking at um, what she's been doing very recently. She was on Sesame Street. Oh, okay. Okay. Apparently with Sesame Street characters, Cookie Monster, and I think they meant to say Gonzo. I don't know. In a okay. called Snack Chat. Oh, I love that. They make fun of Snapchat. How cool is that? Isn't that awesome? I feel like I feel like when you've made it to Sesame Street or it back in the day it was the Muppet Show. I was just gonna say, what about the Muppets? <laughs> well, I mean, that's been how many God, how many years has the Muppet Show been off the air for? And then they did like a revamp. Well, they've always well they've done their movies and stuff like that. But I feel like yes. once you've made it to the Muppet, <laughs> here she comes. Oh my God, she's here! <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's What's up? How are you? Not guys? much. I'm good. How are you? Good. Oh wait, hold on. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. I hear you good. <laughs> can you hear? Can you hear my gay gasp as Rachel I, says it goes at three octaves and he gets excited? That was amazing. That was amazing. You're good. That, that made you. me feel really good. Oh my god! Seriously, I'm like. 
we're all human. I like to say this, we're all human in the end of the day. But when you, someone you think about that you would always love to connect with one day, whatever the form it is, and you think this person's actually interested, like, <laughs> why me? <laughs> it's, it's very humbling. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I love people. You obviously love people too. I love people and I love real people. I put on exactly. lipstick for you though. Oh, girl, I put on my root beer cha chapstick. Not that I'm going to kiss you, but just in case I wanted to taste good. <laughs> okay, can you change that to um, Dr. Pepper then, please? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's make it Dr. Pepper because I've got a lot of spice. And do you, Hero, do you still use Lip Smacker? Oh my God, if I could find it. Oh, by Bonnie Bell? Was that Bonnie Bell? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to just Bell. say yes. I'm just going to just say yes. Because I, I we introduced. Because we were introducing Carla, we were introducing you a little bit, and I was also going to say you have a podcast called Say Yes, and mm -hmm. that's what I was trying to say before we had you pop on. But me and Rachel were both introducing you. Thank you so much for coming into our chat, kind of into our living rooms. I guess we like to say. Mm -hmm. And I, I have, yeah, I couldn't have this be anything you wanted to be. Oh, oh my god, what would you like it to be? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was I, I got bored with all of the, my different choices, so I just went back to green. You know, it could be Green's donuts. Oh. oh, oh my yeah. god! I love that. Well, love that. Yeah. And I was just saying that just reminds me of your your donut making in a hotel room. And I was like, who does that? Who <laughs> who does? That? I mean, you do right. that. Obviously. This woman does it. Like anyway, and that was amazing. <laughs> That was that was um, Gazina Prado and Jason Smith and I. So we were we were hosting. Um, gosh, which which show was it? The oh, best baker in America. Duh. And uh, so <laughs> she was like, "I want to make donuts." We're like, "Okay." Yeah, we were we were cooking. We were seriously cooking in our hotel rooms. That's I love it. I love it. I love it. And I was just saying, just before you popped on too, it's just funny because I said, you know, you know, you've made it when you've made it with Sesame Street. Because right, right. cookie, okay, yeah. okay, so <laughs> Gongar, okay, exactly. How was I know we're we're gonna jump all over the place, but I just that's fine. When I saw that, and then I was like, I feel like I feel like you know you've made it when you've been on Sesame Street or back in the day was the Muppet Show. It's like <laughs> the thing. So we had done, um, the Muppets had been to the Chew a few times and I was super, super excited and they gave us our own Muppets and they told us that we were going to get to do the voices and I was, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I put earrings on yeah. my Muppet and, and then they were like, actually, no, you all aren't professional puppeteers, so you will not get to do that. And I was so, <laughs> so upset. I was like, no kidding. No. I was so upset. Um, but then, you know, I get it because they're so good. The puppeteers are so amazing. So when I got to go on with Cookie Monster, all of this was going on in my head because just like you're saying, Rachel, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I've made it. Maybe my voiceovers are okay. And maybe I really right. can play with Gonger and Cookie Monster like in a real setting. Yeah. So I was super excited. I didn't take anything for granted. I was so grateful for the. <laughs> A little bit more. It's snack time. Snackity snack. Snack <laughs> Snack, snack, snackity snack. Okay. I love it. I, I love it. Oh my God. And like how perfect taking like Snapchat and taking it into something that's actually relevant to kids. I mean, that's exactly what mm -hmm. Sesame Street's about. It's brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. And so uh, when me and Rachel were introducing you and stuff, of course, I mean, I. I wish, part of me wishes I could say I knew you before Top Chef. Part of me wants to, like, I want to know some before they were broadcasted in a way where it's like, I know you from this. It's like, yeah, you and everyone else. But of the generation that I grew up, of course, like, I was born in 92 and reality shows were my thing. So and that was, thank you. But, like, yeah. But, like, competitive <laughs> reality shows were my savior, basically, like, when I was eight or nine, when Survivor came on, and then I just followed suit from there. So when Top Chef came on, and then you came in earlier in the series, of course, you know, 12 or 13-year-old me, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I love this person. I love this person so much. <laughs> and then you see them, you know, established from there, right? And so when I was reaching out to people for our podcast, I thought, who would I just love to have a real down-the-earth chat with and that also my best friend and co-host Rachel would also love to chat with and I thought Carla Hall 
you don't, uh, put, you don't put the intention out there. You never know if it's going to come true. And then when you responded back and followed our podcast channel, I literally looked at Rachel by a screen because she's five hours away from me. And I said, Booty! <laughs> and then and she, Rachel said, who? Yeah. And she was like, well, she was like, what? I'm like, Carla Hall. And then she was like, hi! She was, like, she was W-H-O. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so jokes aside, I mean, we love to chat with our guests and really pull the mask off of how they're perceived in the public eye, especially if they are of a certain platform or presence that people might know them for. We sometimes get to or want to know a little bit about what they've done or like how things were behind the scenes, but we want to get to know the person. And that's what we really care about. And so depending on our guest comfort level, we'd love to get to know who they were from as early as they can remember. You know, like we all started out as babies and as kids and <laughs> well, yes, high school, and, you know, we all came to different places. And so whatever we read about someone is what we might see, but we love to get to know who they are, you know, really just all, well, I would say all undressed, but you know, whatever, take it as you wish, you know? Well, you know, we are doing this on YouTube too. If it was just podcast format, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> that would be a anyway. whole other group of people that we're we're asking to follow this. Um, yes, exactly. You know, it's funny. Well, well, two things. Um, you talk about Top Chef, and and when my friends saw me on that show, they were like, "Oh my gosh, you actually went on TV, being who you are." Don't you want to alter yeah. that a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> because they're like I, I'm, I'm like that person um <laughs> and um I I really try to be who I am all the time I mean I guess granted there I, I do remember walking down the street in New York and I was so exhausted I was mm. I was like oh my god I'm so tired and it, it was just a long season I was still on the chew yeah and yeah. this guy spoke. And I, I remember walking down the street saying, am I going to have to smile at somebody? Am I going to have to talk to somebody? Because I really don't feel like it. Um, because I just wanted to be honestly tired and look tired, right? Yeah. This is, this is when the masks are amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, right? Yeah. So I, I was walking down the street. And almost felt crazy because I was like, okay, should I smile? Don't I smile? And, and, and this is going mm -hmm. on in my head, but I don't know what my face looked like because it could have right. been like, you know, right? Like, <laughs> you know, smile. No, I don't really smell like that. <laughs> um, and then somebody spoke to me and then I was just like, hi. And, and I, it was just like, he said, girl, I know you're tired, but I'm going to speak to you anyway. It's okay. And I'm like, and in that moment, it was, I felt so grateful for him yeah. allowing me to just be where I was because yeah. that reminded the reason my face was going smiling and not smiling. I had been in a moment where I was tired and somebody came up to speak to me and I just couldn't muster any energy. And then they blasted me on social saying, I knew it was all fake. I knew it was all fake as if, you know, I have to be in that moment all the time. Oh and what people God. don't know about me and even some of my friends, they assume that I am an extrovert yeah. when in fact I am borderline introvert extrovert. So I can yes. be up and out, but I do need time to recover. Yeah. And so um, it got to the point where I'm like, if I'm going to recover, I'm going to be at home. Right. You know, right. Yeah. I get that on the exact same way as you. People perceive you one way, but they don't necessarily know what's required for that side of you to be prominent in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And then you have to regroup. You know, I mean, when I'm up and out and loud, it is genuinely up and out and loud. But I yeah. do have to come back and recharge. And um, yeah. I hear those types of stories a <laughs> lot from uh, those that are really in the public eye and specifically those maybe like, you know, want to say comedians mostly, you know, and they're like, people just think that they're, I don't know who it was, maybe Andre. Oh shoot. I forget his name, but somebody, someone told, told a story where, you know, he met someone and, and the guy's like, do your thing. Come on, do your thing. Like, you know, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I did that to somebody. I did it to <laughs> Wayne Brady. Oh, and oh I, wow. I, I didn't really get it. And 
I went in, so he was coming to the chew, and I, I, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to him because I, I, I oh. like him so much, and I think he is it's so you. talented and yes. so amazing. But the first time that he came to the chew, um, I decided that I really need to, to, to geek out in the green room before I geek out, you know, during the show, I just need to get that energy out there. And so I went to say hello and he had just finished a call. And I'm like, are you okay? He's like, what am I supposed to like jumping up and down and do all this and just uh, uh, shucking and jiving. And I was so taken aback that I was like, Oh damn, you know, still did not get it. He came out and I was like, Oh, hi, how are you? And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't like him anymore. And then, (laughs) Because I, I literally, and then I realized I just did to him what someone had done to me, and now I get it. And okay. so the next time I saw him, I can't even believe I'm telling this story. So <laughs> the next time I saw him, I didn't, I didn't mention it, but I had been, I was in LA. It was freaking hot. It was so hot, and I, you know, I was smelling like heat. And he was like, "Hey, Carla, how are you?" And I'm like hi and i was like gosh i know i stink and i went up in the bathroom and then i washed off and did a little prostitute bath in the bathroom with some lavender soap and i came out and they were like oh my gosh you smell so good like lavender i'm like you know i smell like your bathroom soap but they just didn't want to say it but uh (laughs) but but every time i see every time i see the the three times that i've seen wayne brady i think about that moment i think he is so awesome and he continues to be um, like someone whom I really, really adore, but I never really told him that I passed judgment on him that first time. Oh my goodness. Well, if, if, okay. if Wayne Brady's listening to this. <laughs> and you want to come on the show. <laughs> you know, well, we, not that we're off tangent, but that's just, it, it just now reminds me of like, I don't know if you saw the new Britney Spears documentary from, I don't know why, I'm not, I don't mean to roll my eyes, but it's just, I am, I'm rolling my eyes because that's just how, what society does, does to people. It's horrible, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, so with that being said, so how many years ago was that now that you felt quite burnt out at that time? It was, um, let's see, the two went from 2011 until 2017. And it was really the first couple of years, like um, 2011, 2012. And the reason it was so hard and a lot of people didn't realize it, I didn't know how to be a host. So Mm -hmm. I'd been on Top Chef, you know, twice and they were like, oh, yay, you've been on television. Yeah, I was on television competing. I was myself. I was cooking. I was in my zone and and the cameras just happened to be there catching whatever I did. I didn't have to perform. I didn't have to host. And so being on a show where you're hosting is a completely different muscle. And so it took a lot of effort. And I remember just having this thing with the producers because they were trying to get me, help me be myself, but not my true self, but the self that yeah. they thought was me. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, and I, I'm a Taurus. And so I'm a little stubborn and it wasn't mm-hmm. feeling right. And so I would get home every day exhausted because I'm, I'm trying so hard to do what they thought was going to help me, but it was just exhausting yeah. me. Wow. And, um, and so after doing that, like for months on end, cause we filmed initially 45 weeks a year. So it, it, wow. it, it was on, right. Wow. And it was just exhausting. And wow. so at the end yeah. of a season, I would just be ready to just pass out. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And did, did you film every day? Like, cause it was a daily show, like five days a week. We did four days a week. Um, and then eventually we did um, we did Tuesday, Wednesday. Th- yeah, yeah, we did we did eventually we did three days a week, but sometimes on special occasions we would do a Monday show, like after the Oscars, after the Super Bowl, sure. right, so that sure. we could have that live conversation. but but that was at, at year seven, but years one and two, I mean it, it was on. It, it was a lot. Wow. Wow. So when you came into years three through the shifting of the show, not being on the air, um, was there a point in time where you expressed yourself and said, you know, I, I'm not feeling I'm being 
able to truly express the part of me that I want to express? Like, was there a point in time where you shared your voice in that way? Or did you adapt yes. and kind of just go with it? <laughs> yes. Common question. Uh, Common question. Great. No, that was a great question because I, I yeah. think also as a woman, a lot of times we try to deal and, you know, but um, I believe that frustration is the ability to do work. So it was season three. And I had, um, I'd, I'd been seeing a media trainer whose um, idea was Clinton Kelly, you know, because mm -hmm. the guys had already done, gone through media training. Daphne and I had not, you know. Okay. So he was like, how about a media trainer? I mean, imagine that, right? So we, we you know, I saw a media trainer and I thought I was, you know, I'm in it. It's just awesome. I went to the beginning of season three three um right. they were like um carla we're gonna have you host a game and i'm like oh my gosh this is amazing i've always wanted to host a game clinton's got to host the game i mean i was cooking and clinton got to do everything else he got to do crafts he got to host the games he got to he got right. to have fun basically i was like i want to yeah. do that i want to do it too <clears throat> so first show season three when we're going through the rehearsal I got to, they were like, Carla, you're, you're going to get to host the game. And I went through this whole thing. And at the end, they said, oh, I'm sorry, Carla, that was supposed to be Clinton. Oh, oh, I felt sucker punched and just in my gut. And I, I, I was like, oh, my God. And it was so it really was emotional. And yeah. as much as I wanted to cry, I refused to cry in front of anybody. But when I got to my dressing room, it was like the emotion of that, like thinking, oh, my gosh, I've gotten better here. They're letting me do this. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It, that was a mistake. Um, so a, there's a series of little things like that were happening. Mm -hmm. And um, I just said, I, I, this, I was so frustrated. And like I said, frustration is the ability to do work. And so one day I called a meeting with the executives and um, because I think the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when um, the executive producer said, you know, the guys are so much better than, than you and, and they're doing, I mean, I, he literally said that. It's real, like in those words? Oh, well, I mean, pretty. Wow. He did. He we need some he sensitivity did. training, Jesus. I, uh, Continue. I, no, he did. But, but you know, um, in, in hindsight, that was the thing that I needed because that was the, that was the tipping point. And I know that a lot of times people, you would think that I would hold on to that. And I'm not, I, I literally have let go of that because of that statement. I was furious. I was like, okay, am I going to yeah. have to quit this job? So I called this meeting and, um, and I base, Oh, the other thing was the tipping point. Gladys Knight came on the show. She is from Atlanta, right? Okay. Hero, your eyes. Exactly. Like what? Gladys Knight oh from Atlanta grew up with Gladys Knight. What? Are you kidding me? And the pips? What? I mean, yes. like my childhood as, as a young black female. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I didn't get to cook with her. Michael cooked with her. They made smothered pork chops. What? Are you kidding me? Okay. It, that's in my wheelhouse. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that was another tipping point. And so mm -hmm. I went to this meeting, I called this meeting and I said, um, if you didn't think that I, as a black woman from the South, wouldn't want to cook with Gladys Knight, that is your report card and you fail. Oh, shit. If there was something wrong with my interviewing skills or cooking and you never told me and you judged me on that, that is your report card and you fail. Mm -hmm. And then I went on and on and on. And then, and then I was on a roll. And then I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it's just like exactly. It's like Brrr. yeah, and so yeah. I had all of this, and, and and Daphne and I had gone into that meeting together, and she's looking at me like I am not with her. <laughs> I I want my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was going on and on and on, and I was even crying, and I didn't care because what was going on in my head was if I do get fired, I don't want to sit at home and say I wish I would have said this. So right. I decided to take all of my power back in that moment. And I could have left, you know, with my head held high mm -hmm. and in my head. And I honestly, I think about this and I don't know if it happened or not, but in my head, the executive producer stood up and clapped and said, okay, you're ready to get to work. 
And from that point on, I stopped being who I, who they wanted me to be. And, and wow. I started being myself. And to give you a moment of that was comparable on Top Chef, it was season right. one, Restaurant Wars. And I was standing there thinking I was going to go home. And it was between me and Radhika. And right. Radhika went home. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm probably going to go home. And my heart was beating really fast. And I remember yeah. looking at Padma and I said, wait a minute, nobody has ever died here. Nobody has ever died at the judges table. And so what's the worst thing that could happen? I was, I was like, it, I, it put everything into perspective. And so yeah, right. that was the comp comparable moment on Top Chef. And then I started to do better and I started winning. I was winning, winning cars and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that yeah. was my moment on the chew. It was, you know, okay. frustration is the ability to do work, but unless you are willing, and I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody's life is going to turn out like mine, but unless it's something in, in you, unless you're willing to go there and to let go of all of the performative actions that you've been doing, you really will not get to your greatness. You won't. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm just, I'm just absorbing all of that because that's such great information. It's so inspirational, but that really could have gone one, obviously one of two ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm actually quite, um, humbled by the fact that it did go the way that you said it went, because there's so many other stories out there that you hear specifically women, people of color, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to assume anything about who these people, what their backgrounds were that are right. top of these, um, you know, shows or mm -hmm. what the color of their skin is or any of those things. But um, it just, it could have gone one of two ways. And I'm, I'm just really happy that it didn't go the other way. So that's, that's, that's to me, that almost feels like hopefully we're heading in the right direction in some ways. Maybe. I don't know if you felt, yeah, me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's unpack that if we want to. <laughs> so, so that moment for me was less about race than, I mean, intuitively and talking yeah. to my friends who are intuits and, and, and yes, I know, uh, and believe in psychics. It was my lesson to be myself. That, that was okay. the biggest lesson. That lesson there had nothing to do necessarily with race. Okay. Um, because I had those moments too. And I had those moments where I'm like, like okay. Okay, y'all. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Um, when I had to, even when I talked about Black Santa, and they're like, wait, what? Like, Carly, you're so funny. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? That is a Black Santa. Um, right. But, um, right. <laughs> or when it was Black History Month, and we had yeah. um, an actor on who was in Hamilton, and they were like, oh, this is in honor of Black History Month. I'm like, you cannot and will not mention Hamilton and Black History Month in the same sentence. That has nothing, one has not, I'm like, are you kidding me? Th that has nothing to do with Black History Month, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, I also remember President's Day and they're like, okay, everybody was dressing up. I'm like, well, who am I gonna dress up like? So I decided to dress up like Phyllis Wheatley. I'm like, there, <laughs> there are no presidents that I wanna dress up like. Right, right. So, I mean, that was real and I, and I pushed, my feelings about it. I never felt um, like I couldn't um, because it was in their face, even to the point where I'm like, you all, you need more black producers because um, there is no one here to help me tell my stories. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, yeah. Clinton wanted to do um, um, the craft corner. He's like, look, I'm not going to do it. Y'all need to bring somebody in to help me do the craft corner. I said, it's the same thing that Clinton wants. I need somebody to help me tell my stories. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it shouldn't be on me. And there no. just weren't. And then when there were the black producers, I'm like, Oh, everybody, everybody, we have a black producer on set. Let's honor them. <laughs> oh Lord. It's, 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 it's what I talk. This is what I like to talk about a lot too is yes. It's about, it's not, it's about neutralizing yeah. to the point where it doesn't even have to be a discussion. Right. Whether if it's you've got mental health conditions, like I've got nonverbal learning disorders and stuff, and that's not even in the diagnostic systematic manner or whatever, whatever you call it, it's not in there. You know, I'm gay, I'm, yes, I'm white and male, but I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. Like I've got three things on me that people can discriminate and more, you know, like all those mm -hmm. things, but you know, on the surface, I look like a white male. 
you know yeah that's the point of our podcast is that we take the mask off of the things that people assume and they have no right to assume nor do they have the right to regulate because you don't know what you're getting behind it and that's why we have these conversations with real people who are doing real things for these and exact I think reasons that, but to your point as soon as you say it as soon as it's out there whenever you hide or feel like you can't say the thing and there's a way to say it i mean i use sure, humor a lot to be able to say the things that i really want to say uh, yeah. that's that's just how i do it um <laughs> somebody else will do it very differently um but i remember being at a big meeting with the head of abc daytime and i said i have a question and i said well if you say that based on the numbers and research that the people who are watching daytime television are mainly Hispanics and people of color, why is that mm. not reflected in not only the producers, but also yes. in the stories that you're telling? Because it is your opportunity to say, I see you yeah. and I care about you. Mm -hmm. And so when you dis that when when there is a disconnect between the viewers and what you're putting on television you're saying i don't really care and yeah. so that was the big question and so i i and this was gosh this was years ago so the, the things that are coming out now i think that people are starting to speak up yeah because if i don't tell you how i feel i can't necessarily i'm not saying i can't blame you but I'd rather take my power back by knowing that I brought this up and you cannot unhear it. It is up to mm -hmm. you what right. you do with the information. Yes, it's true. Yes. Yeah, no, it's true. So thought provoking. <laughs> just a lot of moments here. I just have to like, I'll have to listen back to this episode and just absorb everything. <laughs> um, you mentioned about growing up in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yes, Nashville. What was, oh, Nashville. I've always wanted to go to Nashville. So we, I don't know if you knew this, but we're Canadian. I see her here a boat. Okay. <laughs> I, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. You, we, need some, yes. We, we need some, we need some, if I may say, we need some soul in Canada, especially in the Pacific Northwest. I'm just saying. So anytime you are welcome, Carla, you are welcome. <laughs> I feel like I've had more soul in my life because my par partner is from South Africa, from Mozambique and Zimbabwe. And so I've had tons of soul since I, he's come into my life. So he's freaking out right now in the background. Like, oh my God, you're talking to Carla. Oh my God. I you went know? to Mozambique. It was an amazing trip. I went to Mozambique. I was disappointed at the airport in South Africa. It felt like, it felt uh -huh. like Disney World, but I'm sure that... Um, and I had some friends in Joburg, but I, I didn't get a chance to go and meet them. But I would love, I was like, wait, why does this look so much like, like a version of Tarzan? Okay. But anyway, let's just move on. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait for him to hear that later. That's going to be great. Oh. But as, as Rachel was mentioning though, um, Tennessee and yeah. yeah, we would love to know more about whatever you're comfortable sharing, of course. I mean, open book and no, you know, no tea, no shade, but what was yeah. it like growing up as a kid, as a teenager? Like talk us about through that in ways that you want to share. So Nashville, we lived in the city. I went to an all black Catholic school um, okay. in Nashville. I mean, really okay. small classes, like 30, 30 people. Okay. Uh, and I lived in a black neighborhood and then, um, we had, and then we just moved. We, at 12 years old, we had somebody break into our house and we were like, my mom was like, okay, we're moving. And we moved to a white neighborhood oh. where I okay. was the only, my sister and I were the only black people. And then there was a woman, a, a girl, uh, there was a family from, um, from Iran. And so um, it, it was, it was, it was, I don't even know if it was, jarring um i had a really good friend her name was karen and um her sister kim and they had never really been around black people i remember karen huh. invited me to her house and later on i heard that kim was like you're gonna invite the black girl over to our house oh. <laughs> and like, um so they okay. hadn't been around black people okay. yeah and, and, and I was the first one, but we were, we were really good friends. And I thought we were really, really close 
until, not until, we continued to be friends because I don't know. I don't think I knew how not to be her friend. I didn't know. I don't hold on to things. I don't hold mm-hmm. on to um, mm-hmm. like situations and pain. Yeah. But there was this guy who was a bully and he was yelling at me. He just decided to throw rocks at me. And mm-hmm. then he spat on me. And, and I, I, I was 13 and I, I, I was shocked. I, I just, I honestly didn't know what to do. I was, I, <laughs> and this was somebody who lived in our clump complex. Yeah. So oh my God. It was, it was a little, it was, it was crazy. Um, when I was in Tampa, when I was in, um, and I, I remember walking down the street and being called a nigger. And I was like, whoa. And I remember turning to the guy who was next to me, who was dark skin. I'm like, oh, why would they say that to you? That's how, that's how much I didn't think they were talking to me. I was like, um, excuse why would, me, why would they say that to you? You know, I mean, that's how jarring this kind of thing is. I mean, yeah. when I was growing up in Nashville, it, Nashville was about, I want to say, 20% black, but most of the blacks were in a neighborhood. But this is also a city that had Meharry, which is a black college and medical school, which my grandfather went to. He was wow. a um, you had Fisk, you had Tennessee State. Um, so you have all of these black universities. So there were a lot of black professionals in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to, so to be called a nigger or to be in a, um, a summer camp and my sister and I were eight and we were the ones who were, we were asked to always sweep the floor. And my mother's like, why are you all always sweeping the floor? I'm like, I don't know, mama. I don't know why we're always asked to sweep the floor. And I remember it being a, a cement floor that just never seemed to get clean. You know, it was just mm. always dusty. Mm-hmm. That's my only memory of that. I could. I asked my uh, sister if she remembers. She remembers nothing. She she has no memory no. <laughs> about anything. Right. So I don't have anybody to talk to about it. But you know, those were some moments that stood out to me. But conversely, there were these moments of just seeing all of these um, professional black people that I grew up around, and and so I never felt less than. I felt equal to, you know, so when somebody did say something to me, I'm like, gosh, you know, after I was stunned and, and looking back, you know, mm-hmm. as a black person, I was like, oh yeah, there, that's an ignorant person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, I mean, that's, it's interesting because, uh, well, but all three of us come from slightly different, um, eras, I want to mm-hmm. say. <laughs> yeah, um, no, we do though. We, we do. do. We yeah. Do. Cause I was born in 1964. Okay, right. Okay. And just, okay. just to put things into perspective of, of the times, so to speak. And I was born in 83, and here was... I was born in 92. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, um, and I, do, I don't have a lot of experience with down south in the States, but I, I, those, some of those things I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how there were so many professionals um, in the Black community where you were. And that's, that's pretty amazing. So you had role models to look up yep. to. Which yeah. is wonderful. Important. It is yeah. important. So how did you with having those role models? Cause I read that you actually ended up going to accounting school. You wanted yeah. to. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I did that. So um, I wanted to be in, I wanted to be an actress. I did theater from 12 to 17 and I, I saw my first play, my first Broadway play at 11. I was like, oh my gosh, this has changed my life. Cause I was painfully shy when I was a kid. And so my mother put me in the theater. She's like, okay, this is something that she likes. And so I became like that person. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I think theater saved me because when people are teasing me about being quirky or weird or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's a good thing because that means mm-hmm. I am being myself, my authentic self, yes. which was for yes. me, that was a really great thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I didn't get into Boston University. They were going to defer my admissions. 
And I, I found it to be one of the biggest rejections. And so I really liked my accounting teacher in high school. So I said, okay, I'll major in accounting. My sister was going to Howard University and I said, I guess I'll go there. And then I applied, I got in and, and Howard University has a really great fine arts program, but I had already Mm. felt the rejection from Boston University. So I, I didn't do fine arts and and then and that's when i ended up in accounting and by the way let me just tell you about howard university so (laughs) um so that's where kamala harris went and when you look in the yearbook i am literally on the same line as kamala harris in the everybody's like did you know her (laughs) no I did not i I don't remember her i mean everybody's like you know kamala i said i could easily say i did but I don't, um, mm-hmm. and, and I, <laughs> I don't remember her at all. And all of my friends remember her. I'm like, I, I, I don't remember her. But Interesting. Anyway. Interesting. So, a far cry from like, you think accounting to what you're doing today is so, it's so fascinating. When I read that, I was like, you know, that's, but it sounds like, I mean, that's kind of what you were surrounded by maybe growing up. Yeah, professionals. And, um, but not only that, it also gives people a window into how I think like I, my, I love puzzles. I love, um, and even though I come across very artsy because I do love art, I love mixing prints, but I, I walk around looking at the patterns of things. I I mean, and I guess patterns are really numbers. If I look out the window and I see trees, I'm like, oh, the shapes make patterns. And then the needles. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly looking at how things fit together in the patterns. And so um, when I am doing a puzzle, and this this is really interesting. So the other day, I I mean, like a a few months ago, I had a puzzle party over Zoom with some friends. Oh, cool. And they don't do puzzles. And so we all ordered the same puzzle. One's in Atlanta, one's in Chicago. I was in Nashville at the time. And I'm like, okay, let's do this puzzle. It was 350 pieces. I had finished the puzzle in like 20 minutes. And they're like, oh my God, my, my puzzle's broken. I don't know what's happening with my puzzle. I'm like, what are you, what, what, what is happening? It took one of my friends two hours to do this puzzle. I'm like, in what world does it take two hours? But it really is about how someone thinks and how we put it things is. together. And that's how my brain works. So wow. um, I, my brain actually works kind of like a numbers person engineer. Yes. Right. I just okay. happen to be doing these other things. So okay. um, yeah. Well, and also for the, for the introvert in you, that's probably quite a lovely thing to do because I, I love puzzles as well. And I'm also like on the cusp of like both. So if I don't mm-hmm. get my me time and I get my downtime, I live with a lot of chronic anxiety. So if I don't have something to kind of keep my mind out of the picture and keep my fingers busy, then right. And look what Hero's doing. Yeah. He's got putty that he, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you know, what we do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and then something, and then something else. I know we're again we're flip flopping because I'm like, how much okay. time do I have with you? Um, you are a fit, badass woman. Holy shit! And a yogi too. Thank you, thank and, you. I know. Oh my god! Yes, queen. I would like to award you our getting juicy mug that I'm drinking out of. <laughs> I, I love it. Yes. Oh, yes. So like, have you always been into fitness? Cause I saw you doing, I am pull-ups. Yes. What the heck? Shoulder stands on top stuff on your yoga mat. I was like, yeah, she's a yoga. Yes. And, um, so my husband, <laughs> my husband actually is a yoga instructor and he quit. He used to be an attorney. So now he, he does yoga full time. And, oh um, and I, I'm just so proud of him. Cause I was like, okay, dude, you hate this job. What are you going to do anyway? But I'll come back to that. Wow. So, um, I, I ran track in high school. Um, Me too. Oh my God. Okay. You what, what were your events? 100, 200 meter dash, always last place. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have to mention that. Nobody was going to call you on that. You didn't have to. <laughs> I, I was. No, I'm just kidding. Participation yeah. ribbons are, over, are underrated. <laughs> so I ran, um, I ran the 800, the two mile relay. And then I also did the high jump and it was just something that they were like, you're tall. Let's do this. I wasn't great at basketball. I tried playing basketball like in eighth grade. I was terrible. 
<laughs> this was back in the day when it was half court and I had those buddies because my mother wasn't going to invest in any good tennis shoes. And so you couldn't go past the half court line. And I went sliding over. Yeah. Turnover time every time. Um, but then I would only get in like when there was a minute left. But anyway, um, so I started during the pandemic trying to get back into shape. So I, I, and I ran a marathon when I was 40. So I've always been, you know, somewhat fit. And I thought, as I saw my body changing after 50, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening to my body? And at 56, during the pandemic, I decided to work out because Matthew was working out and working with a trainer. So I decided to do the same thing. And in three months after changing my diet and um, doing weight training, I always assumed that menopause would put that tire in your midsection. I, I thought that menopause was just changing my body when in fact it's not. And um, it's just as a woman, I have to work harder to build muscle, but it, it has right. been empowering. I, I, I have to tell you. And when I did those um, five pull-ups, I had only done one before. And oh. this, this all happened in the last six months. Phenomenal. Well, I got a from as from a woman's standpoint and somebody who's nearing her 40s and already freaking out about that that's <laughs> very inspiring so thank you for sharing that um and and you know i think there's a misconception perhaps with those that cook or those who are in that industry that it's hard maybe harder to be fit or that um that doesn't really correlate but i like have you ever had an, uh, have you always, I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to ask here, but has it always been hard for you to kind of find that balance or? Um, I, I've always been thin. And so people will say never trust the skinny chef, but I also feel mm -hmm. like um, mm -hmm. I don't want people to judge their bodies based on my body because every, every body is different. Right. And Correct. so when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, it's genetics. I, I, what can I tell you? It's genetics. Yes. However, I do feel as a chef and someone in food that I have a responsibility to teach people how to eat that serves their body. And I think that mm -hmm. there has been too much emphasis on the celebration meals. I, I honestly think that even mm -hmm. on television, we celebrate fatty foods and sugary foods and there mm -hmm. has to, there should be more of a balance. Mm -hmm. And so I really tried to, I mean, that, that was what my last cookbook was about. Yes, there are celebration dishes in soul food, but nobody thinks about soul food being all of these amazing beans and greens and mm -hmm. all these vegetables, right. And all this indigenous yes. food from Africa, they're like, Oh, soul right. food's going to kill you. I mean, black people included, they think that too. And I'm like, it's not going to kill you. So why mm -hmm. is it that, something that is is linked to your heritage yeah what kind of twist and fate would would it be that you're like my food's going to kill me in okay. any culture if you eat the celebration dishes 24 7 you're gonna die of something mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, right. okay and, and no fact the jews know that deep fried donuts deep fried potato pancake vodkas like we would be screwed for life i mean right just gonna say that yeah there's like the fried food during what, what is it the we were talking about that hanukkah i guess and passover too though yeah yeah and it's yeah absolutely but they're and the celebration yes. dishes they're not meant to be eaten every day and so i no. think it, i'm just here to remind people that soul food is not is, is that too you have everyday dishes and celebration dishes Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. And one thing I was curious about as well, uh, in terms of your journey to becoming in the culinary field, you, I think that I read and correct me if I'm wrong, were you a friend of yours was modeling or kind of doing stuff with modeling and they kind of said, come to a photo shoot or like, you know, come join me. And then you kind of got entrenched in that, but then that's what led you to Europe and Paris. And then you went to school in Paris. Is that correct? So I went to um, I met, I started modeling prof quote unquote professionally when I went to Tampa and I was an accountant. So that it was mm. just a way to meet people that, that was like, mm -hmm. you know, somebody came up to me and said, do you model? And like, I don't really, but she's like, yeah, come, why don't you work with my agency? And then, so I started okay. doing more things, hated my job okay. and mm. then quit my job. And then I quit after me seeing these girls who said, um, I'm going to Paris. I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. So I decided to quit, pay all my bills and move to Paris 
And I had one telephone number of a girl who was, I mean, other than, I didn't really know those girls. They were just going to Paris, but I had yeah. one telephone number and, um, and a room. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I just sort of went, my mother was like, okay. I mean, at the time I was 24 and it, it didn't feel particularly young, but I had done everything that she wanted me to do. I went to school, I graduated. I had, I had taken the CPA exam. I mean, I did mm -hmm. all the, all checked all the boxes. And right. so I was like, okay, now it's, it's for me. And, and it was really a bridge between what I knew I didn't want to do, which was accounting and what yeah. I eventually wanted to do. And I didn't know what that was. So I was really open. Right. Mm -hmm. You have done so many things. <laughs> so Say many yes, baby. Say yes. I love Literally. <laughs> Literally. I that. So that's almost taking us to today. Mm -hmm. So what, so what are you doing right now? Like I know there, there's been, and I know cause I was talking to your assistant and she's like, well, I think Carla's filming this and then she's filming that. And like, you're so, so the pandemic actually, first of all, where are you right now? <laughs> so right now, where am I? Atlanta. I just got here yesterday. So I had a switch. I was in Asheville two days ago. Then I was in Grand wow. Rapids. So our house is wow. being rebuilt. So we're just being nomadic. So Matthew and I decided to just go and stay three to four weeks in places where we know people and we can be local and we rent Airbnb houses and that's what we do. Oh my wow. God. That's fun. Wow. How long has that been going on? And since January, like January 7th, and it will go on until probably the end of July. Wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I, it leads me to ask, I miss a pandemic. And even if you're doing everything safely and soundly, um, what is that like in terms of seeing different communities within the United States, different cities and states, et cetera, and the people? Like, do you notice any differences between the places you're staying or where you're living? Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every city we've been to, they've had an uptick in numbers. So we were in Tennessee because I was there with my mom in Nashville. And we, we're not out doing things, so I don't go to restaurants. Yeah. We're really careful. We were in Michigan, uptick in the numbers. Um, we're in Georgia uptick and I just got my first vaccine shot yesterday because we're going to be here for Great. four weeks. So I'll be getting the yes. second one while I'm here. But, um, yeah, people wow. are really cavalier. We went to a gym. We're like, okay, we're going to go to a gym because they said masks are required. We get in there. Nobody's wearing the masks. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, we won't go there. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's really interesting. People who proudly do not wear masks um even in hotels where we've we've been through and we're like um hello aren't you gonna put a mask on um and so we just you just have to continue to do what you do i have filmed during the pandemic four shows and um the shows are incredibly safe and they have a covid um like a covid specialist part of the production yeah, yeah. so yeah. that has been that's been great it takes a lot <laughs> longer of course it's more expensive to have this but everybody feels safe and yeah. um i'm going to film a show in knoxville halloween baking championship so i'll be filming that in may nice Amazing. Well, you know what I was actually saying to Rachel is that of all the reality shows, even if it's like a Food Network one hour production, like things like that, or a continuous series, the cooking shows from my rationale would actually have the easiest time pivoting in a pandemic because you're already spaced out anyways. Yep. And the chefs have their own stations anyways. So unless if you're in top chef, which I'm curious about this season as it's coming on with the COVID and pandemic. And I'm like, oh my God, Papa's so far away. But anyway, people running around each other, that is a little bit more like, okay, that's interesting, you know? But if you're in like Master Chef or things like that, where you're so stationed out, it's mm -hmm. kind of pandemic proof, isn't it? Like from the view, Side, it seems pandemic proof. It is, but also everybody has been tested. Yeah. You have yes. to get tested. I mean, I was tested every single day when I was shooting. So every other day you're tested. So, um, and you're also isolated. You are, you're already isolated, but as a group, you're not, you're no one from the outside. And the way a production works, there are groups A, B, and C. C okay. are the people who don't touch the talent. They are far away. B is they come in and out. A, only the A group is with the talent. So everybody is sequestered. So it's a really safe environment. But what they're trying to do, one, is keep the numbers down, but it's also the optics 
you know, from mm-hmm. the outside and just keeping people safe. So it's a right. really, it's actually safer than any place you could possibly be. That's really there you go. For a few people too. That is really, really good. Mm-hmm. No, so that makes sense. And so as we kind of start to wrap things up, so to speak. So um, right now you're, oh yeah, actually, no, back to your husband for a second. Sorry. I just remembered this because both Hero and I actually are yoga teachers. So it's, it, it's fascinating. Oh. Yeah. I'm a full-time yoga Pilates and spin teacher. And that's what? how I met Rachel. Yeah. That's my, that's my bread and my butter. Well, not during COVID, but that's my thing. I'm a hardcore yogi. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't teach as much anymore. I do other things, but that's another story. Just, you know, how do you uh, make a living being a yoga teacher in this expensive city to live in like Vancouver? That's a whole other story, but anyway. (laughs) Right. um, So, well, Matthew's lucky because um, I'm like, go do what you want to do. Yes. Um, and we we planned uh, when when Matthew was working um, as an attorney, we planned for him to take off and and do his thing. So um, smart. Our our lives are very simple. You know, uh, I people are like, are you still driving that car that you want on Top Chef? That 08? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I. I it, I have a very simple life. We, we are just really, really simple. He's Matthew's actually doing a training right now in um, yoga nidra. So, oh, I love yoga nidra. Mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. So now he's not making a living doing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all, yeah. all that to say, he's not making a living doing it, but he is so happy. And I, and you know, what's so amazing when he started doing the thing that he loved as a, as a couple, it, it made such a, not that we, anything was wrong with our relationship, but it just took it to the next level. And it's amazing when both people are doing what they are meant to do. Yeah. It it really feeds the relationship in a positive way. How did the two of you meet again? We're wrapping up, but I mean, I hear this. I love it. Yes. Yes. I met my partner, Sydney. Where is he? He's in bed right now. Hey, Sydney. Oh my God. She just said, Hey, Sydney. Oh my God. That was so cute. Oh my God. Um, he, uh, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, continue. <laughs> no, but no, I met, I met Matthew on match and, um, and I was only on there for a week. And so again, I, that's how we were supposed to meet, you know? Hey, yeah. Wow. And how long ago did you meet? We will be married for 15 years, <gasps> April 29th. And we got married, uh, when we met on, August, uh, July 31st, 2005. And we married April, 2006. Oh my God. I love it. Oh, I love it. When you know, that is, well, and it's like here, I think hero knows maybe (laughs) he's, I don't know. Do you being coy? (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. So, okay. So what, what are you doing now that people can hear you, see you, well, I don't, you know, those kinds of things. How can they find you? What would you like to plug? Except for, you know, aside from saying sorry to Wayne Brady, that's... I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne. Um, Well, the Best Baker in America um, airs the first premiere, or is the premiere on May 3rd. Mm -hmm. Um, I have the food on Gold Belly, which you can get my hot chicken and the mac and cheese and cornbread mm. and mm. pound cake and mm. oh my the oatmeal cookie sandwiches are so good and the cobble <gasps> bars. Oh my god! Um, yes. Then let's see. So those are the things that are coming up immediately in the fall. I will tape my my own show, um, Foodways with Carla Hall, which I'm which is more of a travel log show, which I'm super excited about, and that's on Discovery Plus. And let's see what else. There, there's some other things. Oh, you look, if you, you yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, you're on Insta, so I will be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this too. I love it. I love, I love that you reached out to me on Instagram and, and, you, and then you were surprised that I wrote back. I was like, did, did, didn't you reach out? No, I, was <laughs> <laughs> I was so genuinely, I mean, I don't know if it's because of my history, my life, and what, me, what I've been through. I just never expect anything. I never do. It's like you set the intention, you put it, the, 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 the frequency out there, the love out there. And all you can be is all that can happen is that someone doesn't see your message. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's simply it. And again, as I said, even if I learned about you from Top Chef, I you are no shade to any of the other Top Chef contestants. There's a lot of incredible people on that show. 
you are my favorite. Absolutely. Aww. If I think about real people that I would want to meet in real life and that I could have a real, you know, kiki with and have a genuine connection <laughs> with, I'm just like, it's Carla Hall, you know, like literally. And I got to say, even though it's one moment, there was that one moment, I think, when you won that car and you just lost your shit in excitement. And I was just like, and you're like, <laughs> and, I I just, and I just remember that I'm thinking, I want to hug this woman so badly. I want to be her best friend, you know? And the fact that, you know, whatever, how many years ago that was, and now like younger me and current me is here. It's like, anything's possible. Yeah. Anything yeah. is possible, you know? It's pretty, especially during a pandemic where things can be a little bit challenging. And you, I, I mean, not that it matters, but you have no idea how grateful I am to have a connection with you. Even if it's just for an hour, it, you really have made an impact on my life. Well, thank you for saying that. And you're so welcome. And I'm going to receive that. A lot of times people are like, no, no, I'm, I will receive it. Thank, thank you. you. You're welcome. Um, I think that during the pandemic, everyone talks about how hard it is. And, and, and I truly believe that there are no mistakes in the universe. And mm -hmm. I have learned so much about myself. I've learned new skills. I mean, even doing my podcast during the pandemic and yes. learning how to set that up. Um, learning how to self-shoot, you know, so there've been so many great things that came out of this skills that I wouldn't have had. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I think that if you allow yourself to say, okay, let me get out of what I want it to do versus what is, mm -hmm. then um, the world opens up to you. So I'm so glad that you set your intentions and I'm so glad that you all asked me to be on. This was really great. <laughs> thank you so much um this whole interview or chat i like to call it has been very inspirational so thank you so much for being on i know um you're gonna touch the hearts of many others uh with this and when we release it to the ether we will let you know or we'll okay. let you know and we'll you know get it out there and and all that good stuff so and, and if there's anything and if there's anything that we can do for you, I mean, regardless of the size of our reach or platform, please let us know. We will do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. We would love to support you long-term, however we can, Carla. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My ch I have a children's book coming out and I haven't really released it in what? Christmas. Yeah. I'm super excited about oh it. Oh my God. That's a little, that's just a little tidbit, but. Amazing. Well, anytime you want to share stuff or you want us to help broadcast anything you're doing, we will again, do that for sure. And, you know, one of the questions we love to ask and us all being foodies, and I got to mention, I'm a major food intolerant. So anytime I get a chance to eat something that I can actually eat, I'm so happy. Um, if you were a kind of juice, what would you be and why? Ooh, um, okay. I love a good pucker. I would be passion fruit, <gasps> sweet and tangy. Oh my God. That's my favorite bubble tea. Oh, passion fruit. Yes. Love that. Oh my God. A new one. I like when we get new ones. That's a new mm -hmm. one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Carla. You have an incredible day where you thank are, you. and we will be in touch with you very soon. Sounds good. Thanks, you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.